Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. You've been faithful through Promises, yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave, you free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You have done great things. Oh, God, you do great things. I won't bite. I promise. I haven't bit you this morning. I won't bite you now. Trust me. Okay, so today is a little bit of a special day because it's somebody's birthday. Whose birthday? Pastor Cliff. Whose birthday? Pastor Cliff. Whose birthday? Pastor Cliff. It's Pastor Cliff's birthday? I think we should sing happy birthday. Would everybody join with us? All right, go for it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Okay, one more thing. 
and I'm going to put you guys on the spot. We just learned this memory verse this morning. And this is a great way, I think, to start um, our off with announcements. It's Psalms 118.24, and it is... This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice. And be glad in it. And be glad in it. Woo! Good job. All right. Thank you. All right, you guys can sit down. Thank you very much for helping me do that. We're glad you're online. We're glad you're here today, too. Uh, tonight, Living for Christ in a Culture That Doesn't is led by Randy Dar in the chapel at 6 o'clock. You guys will want to come to that. It's really good. Uh, Wednesday, the 18th, this Wednesday, is Prayer and Share. I'm making sure I'm following this. Okay, Prayer and Share at 6.30, but we have a bonfire, and we haven't really come up with a name for the house next door. Heather Hamptons came up with, like, Gathering House. I don't know. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. But bonfire is next door on October the 21st from 3 to 7. You can park in the parking lot. I am so loud. You can park in the parking lot and just walk over to the house. We'd love to have you then. Uh, Thursday the 19th is the food pantry at the plaza from 9 to 11. This month is also pastor appreciation. So besides his birthday, he gets like double everything. Seriously? But we do appreciate you, Pastor Cliff. So um, you can bring a card. The deacons were wanting you guys to bring a card and maybe the ways that he's impacted your life. So you'll want to bring that. Uh, Buckets of Blessing is due November 1st. They're out here in the lobby. Operation Christmas Child, we've talked about that a couple weeks, and we've done that for a while. It's due back November the 12th. I have our very own Daryl Rafferty. He is going to lead us in prayer today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Father, for the privilege just of being here this morning. We just, uh, we just thank you for everything you provide for us, Father. And Father, we have some bigger things on our mind this morning. We have a government, Father, that we're not sure what they're doing, what if they even know what they're doing. But, Father, we just ask that you could somehow or other intervene there, Father, and get them back on track, Father, to where we can get things straightened out and, and be with the situation we got Overseas, Father. Just seems like, Father, there's things that we just cannot do for ourselves, and we've got to have, have to depend on you, Father. And we just ask that you be with us. Father, now just go with us, watch over us, lead us, and guide us. And more than anything, Father, forgive us from where we fail you. For it's in my name I pray. Amen. Please stand with me once again as we worship through song. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king
King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of his brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. the world, but it couldn't fill me, the man's empty praise, treasures that fade are never enough, you came along and put me back together. is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Nothing better than you. There's nothing. 
All right, so we're getting near to the end of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter 30, and actually 31 today. We're probably in, in, we're in the very beginning part of chapter 31. We're going to read all of it. I'd encourage you. You're going to need to read what we're going to read today. You're going to need to read Psalm 30, or, yeah, Proverbs 30 and 31, particularly Proverbs 30. You're going to need to read this again and again, Okay. I, I probably still need to read it again, okay? That's just the way that it works, all right, when you're walking through there. And I encourage you to read it in different versions to catch all of it. There's a lot of stuff here, and, and it's a little tricky, so I want, you to, I want you to try to catch what he's saying, the wisdom that's given to us. So here we are. This is our, our landing spot for the day, and we're going to learn about Agar and Lemuel, King Lemuel. Now, this week, we just sang, you can turn ashes into beauty. This week, I, 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 Lisa and I are on the visitors board for Hannibal LaGrange. Uh, I went this week and so took off Wednesday morning. I got to see deer. I got to see turkeys. I got to see turkey vultures. And I got to see an eagle that was flying up the road in front of me. And, and, and just kind of a beautiful thing. But I want to say that, that when you're there, because 
the administration building that, that I helped ref, refurbish, I painted doorknobs, okay? And, and um, there's a story there. But anyway, that building burned down. And so when you're walking into the new administration building, you walk through the old arch that was part of the building. They saved that. But when you walk up to the doors of the new building that's set back a little bit further, there's a vo the verse quoted about the ashes and the beauty of that. And out of the fire came the whole camp, you know, that the was beginning of the campus and the turnaround that they had. So that, that just, as we were singing that, reminded me of that. It also reminds me, as we get to Proverbs 30 and beginning of the first, first nine verses in chapter 31, so on the way, I wasn't listening to music, but somewhere on Highway 79 North Louisiana, I decided music would be good. So I, I, I started to play the music, and so it comes from the bike into the helmet kind of thing, and, and, um, and I got to hear driver's seat. Yeah, some, yeah, Randy knows, and the rest of you are like, what are you talking about, okay? And, and so anyway driver's seat and then making the connection to where we're at today driver's seat is one of those songs it's a one-hit wonder okay that's all it was that band sniffing the tears had driver's seat and that was the end okay i don't know if they're still sitting by a pool because they made enough money off that song or not but that was their only song and there's lots of those out there and so when i when i when i when i'm thinking about that as i'm listening to that and as i'm thinking about agar and i'm thinking about king lemuel they're one hit wonders all right just one hit wonders their name agar and lemuel is only here in proverbs that's it the Ithiel, I think, is, 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 he writes to Ithiel, and that name is in Numbers 11.7. Nobody, it doesn't make a connection, but when you punch it in, it, it, it's there. So just so you know that as we read through this, we don't know anything about Agar, and we don't know anything about King Lemuel. But yet, God determined that we needed to hear, and we needed to read what they were going to write. And so God gave them this wisdom for us to take in. And so, you know, I, I, want to, I want to embrace this like driver's seat, okay? That one hit wonder, I want to dive into it, and I want to learn as much as I can out of this, and, and, and I want to remember it. I want, you know, I want to reminisce about hearing that again. So here we are, as we're walking through Proverbs, we'll do this one more Sunday, but as we walk through Proverbs, it's faith applied to everyday attitudes, activities, and relationships, you guys had these. You had attitudes, activities, and relationships last week, and you're going to have them this week. And you'll have them every week after. And what Proverbs does is help us to apply, and we're going to look at some of the things that we see in, in the Scripture, other places, and we're going to learn how to apply that to our lives. In other words, this is a, a how-to, the YouTube on how to live out our faith in this world. It is looking at life through the lens of a relationship with Jesus. And we're talking about more about that later on. But the idea that as a Christian, I belong to Christ. I have surrendered my life to Christ. I've asked him to be my Savior. That makes me a Christian. Repentant of my sins, all that, right? I'm now, a, I'm a child of the, God, of, of the King. I'm a child of God. And I want to live like I'm, I'm the child of the King. And that's hard, right? Because I wasn't born to live like the child of the King. I was intended in my creation to live like a child of the king, but in my sinfulness, I wasn't born to live for the king. So now that I have become a child of the king, I need to work on that process. I'm, I've been a Christian for a long time. And, and so the idea is I still need to learn how to live out my faith in this life. And so I'm looking, as, as we're looking at Proverbs, we're looking at life through relationship with Jesus Christ, that biblical worldview. How would Jesus live out his life? As everything is going on around this world, how would he live? And, and Proverbs gives us a, 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 a help to accomplish that task, help to accomplish that task. So flip the slide here. Because I don't know how else to warn you. This is not algebra. Okay? Okay? It looks for you in high school or something like, oh, we're going to do math today. We're going to do algebra today. No, 
We, as we've walked through Proverbs, we've noted different kind of characteristics that they use, the writer employs to help us to understand things, the antithetic or antithetic thing where it's the opposite, the one line's this way and the opposite's stated in the next line. That was done so that you could remember things. The X, X plus one, you're going to see this as we read through here several times, it's three and then four. Okay, three and then four. So this was interesting when I'm looking through there, and you'll see that if you've got the Bible app open or you'll do that later this afternoon, look in the Bible app, the, the study notes are there. But they did this, the writer would use this, and it's in the book of Amos. If you, you'll look at the book of Amos, as soon as you start reading Amos chapter one, you'll see the three and the four. Now, the, the, what, what I found interesting about this was they used this for memory, Okay, this was, this was used, it was a memory aid. The X, the X plus one is a memory aid. It also brings anticipation. Three and then four brings anticipation. What's that fourth thing? And you're reading through there. And that's why you're going to see that as we read through. So let's pick it up in the first verse of Proverbs chapter 30. I'm going to read, I think there's 33 verses in this chapter, and I'm going to read the nine verses into 31. The words of Agar, the son of Jacob, the oracle, the man declares to Ithiel, to Ithiel, and you call. Surely I am more stupid than any man, and I do not have the understanding of a man. Neither have I learned wisdom, nor do I have the knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words or he will reprove you and you will be proved a liar. Two things I ask for. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far, far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I would not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I, that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of God. Do not slander a slave to his master, or he will curse you, and you will be found guilty. There is a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. There is a kind, oh, how lofty are his eyes, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters. Give, give. There are three things that will not be satisfied, four that will not say enough. Sheol and the barren womb, earth that is never satisfied with water, and fire that never says enough. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. There are three things which are too wonderful for me, four which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Sure, this is the way of an adulterous woman. She, she eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wrong. Under three things the earth quakes, and under four it cannot bear up. Under a slave when he becomes king, and a fool when he is satisfied with food, under an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maidservant when she supplants her mistress. Four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. The Shephim are not mighty people, yet they make their houses in the rocks. By the way, that's an animal. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizard you may grasp with the hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. There are three things which are stately in their march, even four which are stately when they walk. The lion which is mighty among the beasts and does not retreat before any. The strutting rooster, the male goat also, and a king when his army is with him. 
If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have plotted evil, put your hand on your mouth. For the churning of milk produces butter, and the pressing of the nose brings forth blood. So the churning of anger produces strife. And then on chapter 31, the, the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. What, O my son, and what, O, my, o son of my wound, and what, O son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women. Do not are your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Remember, as we walk through this, as we wrestle with some of those things that we just read, as we wrestle with some of those things, this is wisdom to guide us in everyday life. It's observations, those three and four. Matter of fact, two, three, and four in one place, the three and four. Many of those are just observations that, they, that he's experienced, Agar's experienced, or somebody else's, and he's collected these things. But here's the trick. Here's the thing that remember, as, and for us to wrestle with, sometimes we need to wrestle hard with Scripture, and that's okay. Because we can we'd spend our, our time doing other things, and it's great if we have to spend our time in the Scripture, wrestling with what that means. What was, what was the author? What was he saying in that? What was he trying to get across? Because there's a lesson implied. When he's talking about the ants, or he's talking about the rooster, or he's talking about the goat, there's a lesson implied there. And what can we learn? What was he observing? And what was the thing that he was thinking that, man... This is what I, because of what I saw, I want to apply that to my life. As we walk through Proverbs, as we continue to walk through Proverbs, it's what we want to choose is righteousness. Some of the observations are not righteous observations. But what the choice of the authors and the, the collectors of the Proverbs and God himself is, is that he wants us to choose righteousness above all else. And in the book of Proverbs, it's not kind of righteous, really righteous, really, really righteous, or maybe not, maybe not all that righteous. It is either righteous, wisdom, or it's foolishness. Two choices. We're going to make that choice. And so as we walk through Proverbs, as you open back Proverbs up in six months or so, it is that choice that we make between right and wrong, between the wise and the foolish, between righteousness and sinfulness. And that's a choice that we get to make as we walk through there. You skip that next slide. And as we walk through this, remember, it's the attitudes that we're working on, the activities that we participate in, and the relationships that we have. How do we get better at those things? When we opened up and started reading through the book of chapter 30, uh, we ran across the word that Tyler can't use, okay? And you're like, I can't believe that's in the scripture. But there it was about, think about this. You're turning to, to the book of Proverbs because these guys have wisdom, right? I mean, that, isn't that the, 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 the attraction to the book of Proverbs? Here it is. I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to read what these wise men have wrote. Solomon, the wisest man of all, the, all time, right? He wrote these. And then these guys came along, and these works were also considered worthy to, to be added to the, to the wisdom of Solomon. And yet, as we're reading through there, the, the Agar says, I'm stupid. Okay? Now, did you catch what he did? Because sometimes we need this. It's about the humbleness that we ought to have. That's how I characterize it. You would characterize it otherwise, but it's the idea that I need and you need to be humble. We need to be humble. And it's the lessons that we learn from Job, okay? It's the lessons that we learn from Job, the humbleness he has. I want to read to you. Remember the story of Job. 
Job's sitting there with all of his friends, and they're trying to wrestle with what, what caused this, because Job must have done something. And, and, and then finally the young man breaks out that we've not heard from before. He breaks out, and he, he has all the, the young guy's got all the answers, right? I forgot all of them by now, but I had them at one time. And so, so he, he speaks, and then finally, finally, in chapter 38, we read God's response. This is the beginning of God's response. Where, and he's speaking to Job and to these uh, wise friends that he has, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. How many of you want to sit there and give an answer to God for that? How many of you got it? I got nothing, right? I, I absolutely have nothing. And then we read in Proverbs chapter 32 through 4, as Agar writes, we read this, Surely I am more stupid than any man, and I do not have the understanding of a man, neither have I learned wisdom, nor do I have the knowledge of the Holy One. And then verse 4, which reminisces and drives that home. There's a vast difference between us and God, and we need to be reminded of that. God's not just a little bit better than us. God is infinitely better than us. We have, we, we ask that question, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? I got nothing. He puts us right in our place. God is the creator. We are the created. And so in verse 4 it says, Who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped the waters in his garment? Who has established the ends of the earth? What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. Wisdom, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And that's understanding that as you go to Him, He's not offering you suggestions like your friend or your, your dad or your neighbor. God is infinitely more wise than the smartest guy you know times three billion. That's the God that we serve. But that's also the God that sent His Son to die on the cross so that if we seek forgiveness, we can be His child and forever worship at His throne. That's a God who loves us. That's a God who, as Daryl prayed for the situation around our country and around the world, I've read, you've read, trying to understand what needs to happen. God knows when we don't. God knows when we do. He knew it long before, and he will continue that way. As we walk through that chapter, now understand that I'm, we're, we're, as we've done, as we walk through the book of Proverbs, I'm not catching everything. Generally, I've picked out three things that, that just caught my attention, three lessons that are echoed throughout that chapter that, that I think are worth taking home. And as, as I sit here on my birthday, I... I was with Alicia this morning in her room, and I, I commented, so should I, do I need to look out the window to see the new motorcycle that you got me? <laughs> this one's for me. Contentment, okay, is what I see in the book of Proverbs, contentment. How do I learn to be content? Now, this is a lesson that Paul teaches. We know this verse out of, out of Philippians 4.11. Flip the slide there. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. How many of you faithfully could put that on your t-shirt and wear it around? <laughs> okay, think about that. 
right? Contentment is something. We're, our contentment is, is attacked every day. Every day. And when you turn on the radio, you open, up the, you open up your Facebook thing. You open up your computer, and you go to a website. You, you pick up a paper. You turn on the TV. You turn on the radio. There's advertisements in there. My son's making money doing it, okay? So I'm okay with it. But there are advertisements out there. They're assaulting our contentment. They're attacking our contentment. They want us to think that we need something that we don't have or more of the same thing that we already have. And so that's what we're, that's what we, you know, that's why we've got piles of stuff around the house, right? Because we were convinced that we needed something else. And so let's look at what it said in Proverbs. And we're going to start in verse 7. Two things I asked of you. I love this. Two things I asked of you. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. And that's good. But listen to the next part as we're addressing contentment. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. Two things that he's asking for. You think about that. If you were given two things, what would you ask for? And it probably wouldn't be neither poverty nor wealth. Because I'm going to guess we'd ask for wealth, right? <laughs> we're not going to ask for poverty. But he asked for that. He asked for this. Don't give me poverty because I don't want to steal and profane your name. And then he says, I don't want to act rashly because of my situation. Put me in that spot where I am content. I am content. And don't give me so much that I don't need you. Now think about that for a moment. We call them foxhole prayers. These are prayers when life gets really tough. And all of a sudden, we turn to God. We haven't turned to God prior to this. But all of a sudden, life weighs down upon us. Before that moment, we were rich. And we didn't need God. Then God does something in our life that drives us to him. What he's saying is, don't make me so wealthy that I don't call out to you and depend on you. Neither make me in, put me in poverty so that I, that I steal. Then in verses 15 and 16, uh, the leech, love this explanation, right? You're picturing it in cartoonish form, maybe. The leech has two daughters, give and give. There are three things that will not be satisfied for that will not say enough. That's lack of contentment, correct? Sheol and the barren womb. Earth that is never satisfied with water and fire that never says enough. We need to drive home how, what, what we need to have that contentment that Paul talks about, that God gave to him. Because the world's not going to give you contentment. Only God can do that. And we need to look for that contentment in this life. The last thing, the last one of the things that we're going to talk about this morning, there are many others that you discover and you saw as we read through there. Some of those are going to hit home with you more than they did with me. Some of the, this may hit home later on. But anyway, let's talk about self-righteousness. The idea of self-righteousness. Matthew 23, 27, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees as he often did. And this is what he said, Matthew 23, 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's not a compliment. Okay? Hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful. Imagine driving past a cemetery and you see all the beautiful tombs. And you see, it, it, they're beautiful, right? marble and stone that they're made out of. And that's what he's likening the Pharisees to, the hypocrites. You look like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful. But on the inside, where God sees, but on the inside, they are full of, what's a grave full of? Dead man's bones and all uncleanness. That's what's inside. 
And so listen to what it said in Proverbs 30, verses 12 and 13. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. In other words, he can't see his own sin. And that's never where we want to be. But I'm just going to tell you that oftentimes that's where we're at. We don't see our own sin. And that's what Proverbs addresses, the idea that we need to be aware of, of our filth. We need to be, you know, we can appear like the Pharisees where we, we got the outside cleaned up, but the inside's a mess. Or what other people can't see is a mess. We put on a front. And we need, we need to be cleansed inside. Our, our relationship with God is a mess because he sees the dead man's bones inside. He sees the, the dead inside of us because we're not alive to him. And so that's, and then verse 13, this is the one that reminds me of being a teenager. There is a kind, oh, how lofty are his eyes and his eyelids, eyelids are raised in ignorance. I must not have put the verse up there, but it's a verse about the, 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 the you can't smell your own, your own odor. Teenage boy, right? Okay. And, and that's kind of thing. But we be, we're that way, right? We don't see, we don't smell our own sinfulness. That's the self-righteousness. I need, you need, we need to address that. I really, really do. I mean, imagine how angered you would have been if you were a Pharisee. What do you mean? I'm like a, I'm like a tomb full of death. He said that so they could get it right. Today, we read that given to us by God so that we can get it right. It's not what others think of us. It's what God thinks of us. Matters in the end. So here are the, the, the action steps that I want you to take again this week. Same as they've been for several weeks. Excuse me. And I love this. Uh, we were in Wednesday night prayer and share, and I asked, what, what are you been reading? And the, the, the word was Proverbs. Okay? And, and that, just, that just brought a baggage with it, right? Okay? Because as you read Proverbs, there's a lot, a lot there. Read Proverbs chapter 30 and 31, the first nine verses. Okay? We want to read all the way through that. Read that again several times. See what applies. Okay, the lessons. Maybe this week the contentment applies. As you're watching the commercial or you're about ready to pull the trigger on something, you said, you know what? I don't need that. And, and um, maybe the self-righteousness, maybe the humbleness is you want to pat yourself on the back, right? What teaching had the most impact? What teaching had the most impact? Those are the things that I want. I want Proverbs to mean something to us more than pithy statements, short statements, but I want it to impact how we live our life out. So in just a little bit, we're going to give the invitation. And you may respond in some way. You may need to respond in humbleness. You may need to respond in, and, and, and say, God, I need cleaned up. I put on a front. I'm self-righteous. I need something to happen and I need you to clean me. I, I want to uh, address those things. I uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm victim of all the commercials, okay? And I'm not learning to live in contentment. Help me to do that. There's one other ask that I'm going to give to you. This is a, I hope to be a, 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 a we've done this before. We're going to do it again. And this is the invite to you. We have them up front. The deacons, uh, as many as, as want, can come down and help you get these. There's a bag of pens. You can keep the pen, okay? But this is a card, and it says, who's your one? If you want to put that first slide up there. And what we're asking you is to find your one. This is a person that you don't think they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. However you've determined that, Okay. Um, maybe you've had a conversation with them. Maybe they've said something. Maybe they're your, uh, you can find your one. Who's your one? Let's flip the slide there. It's, uh, it might be a, a family member, right? 
It won't be long. We'll be, gathering, we'll be gathering around the Thanksgiving table. You may be gathered with somebody that doesn't know Jesus. That name you might want to write on here. It might be a close friend, somebody that, that you, you just hang out with, you know, and uh, you, you know they don't know Jesus. Why don't you write their name on there? And then the, la- the next one is, might, be your, might be your neighbor. It might be somebody living, you know, you can look out your window and see their house. Or you drive past their house every time on your way home or out to Walmart or wherever you might, go, might be going. You see them. So what I'm asking you to do is to write down their name on your Who's Your One. We have on our prayer list, I don't have one of those with me right now, but we have on our prayer list a Who's Your One list already. That one's going to be taken off and we're going to start afresh. It's not that I don't want to pray for those people. If you've got a name on that list, I want you to put it back on the list. Because I want you to continue to pray. Sometimes it takes years and years and years and years to pray for somebody before they accept Christ. But I want, I want, I want, us, I want us to start afresh and anew, and that means you can, but that means you can put that name back on there. So what you'll do is you'll come up and you'll grab this and you'll write the name on it. And then if you would leave it here on the altar, that would be great. Or if you take it back and fill it out, then give it to myself or one of the deacons. So it kind of... You can see it tears off of there. And I would love to have your name on the bottom so that I can pray for you, so the deacons can pray for you as you're praying for your one. We want to pray. Because we're, we're going to actually, you know, as we're praying for that, we're going we're gonna to do some things down the road to help you understand how it might be if they were to ask you, okay, so you're praying for me to get saved. What, what do I got to do? Okay, what would you say to them? So we want to walk through that. Maybe they would say something, and that might be an opportunity for you to walk into the gospel. Now, the other thing that I'm holding in my hand is a 30-day prayer guide. And so at the beginning of this, if I open up this book and I put my glasses on because I'm getting old. Just start out with day one. It's got a scripture at the top, John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me and comes to the Father except through me. And then what it has is, God, I know there is only one way to salvation. Jesus is clear. He is the only hope for a lost and dying world, and that includes Joe Smith, all right, that I'm praying for. His or her salva- his salvation depends on acknowledging Jesus is who he says he is, and he alone is the source of salvation. Use the world, use the people and the circumstances in Joe's life today to point him or her, him to the reality of Jesus, give me courage and boldness to call Jim to faith in Jesus when the opportunity arises and help me make, a clear, make it clear there is no other way to be saved. So it's just a prayer guide. So you're going to write down who's your one. You're going to get a little bookmark. You're going to get this. And, um, and we're going to baptize before Thanksgiving. Okay. Because I'm not standing here to do an exercise that God's not going to work. I expect that because you guys are going to pray, I expect that God will do a work. And I expect that before November 20th or 21st that we'll have water in here and that we'll have baptized people. And that on that day that we gather that Sunday night for a family Thanksgiving meal, that that morning as we participate in the Lord's Supper, we'll have new believers for the very first time partaking of the bread and the cup. Is there anything better than that? Think about that. Is there any, other re- is, is there any greater thing to give joy and thanks for than for somebody that you know that you've been praying for come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? That means they get an eternal home in heaven. What a beautiful thing that is. So uh, as Adam comes and sings, um, get a couple of deacons to come down. We're going to stand. And, if you've got, and I want you to come fill this out. Okay, so there are ink pens here. The stuff is on the sides. Let's, 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 let's do this. If you haven't accepted Christ and you need to do that today, then you do that Come down and we'll talk about that also. Hey guys, just hand them out if they want that, okay?
Jesus, draw me ever nearer as I labor through the storm. You have called me to this passage, and I'll follow, though I'm worn. May this journey bring a blessing. May I rise on wings of faith, and at the end of my heart's testing with your likeness let me wave jesus guide me through the tempest keep my spirit stayed and sure when the midnight meets the morning, let me love you even more. May this journey bring a blessing. May I rise on wings of faith. And at the end of my heart's testing, with your likeness, let me wait. Anybody need a book or the card? Everybody got one that needs one? One back there in the corner, Mark. Anybody else? Okay. All right. So if you got that, you can lay your cards down up here. We'll collect those and we'll make a, you'll see a new list next week. You'll see a new list, as a matter of fact, tomorrow as we put that out there. And uh, I want to pray. We're going to close out here in a minute. Don't run off, but just uh, um, let's pray for what we're doing this morning. Father, Lord, there are, there are so many things that we could pray for today. Um, we pray for the situation in Israel and all that's going on, Lord, and um, the innocent lives that are in the way, in harm's way. Uh, Father, for the sinfulness, the ugliness, Father, we just pray. We pray for peace. Father, we pray that you would work in a mighty way and that through what happens, Lord, people might come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that as we go out this week, Lord, help us to apply the teachings of Proverbs. And Father, I pray that as these that have taken and placed names or placing names upon the cards, Lord, and beginning the, the journey of praying for that they're one. Lord, many things that we pray for have a, a limited shelf life. But Father, what we're praying for today, praying for the ones that do not know you to come to know you, Father, this is for eternity. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and guidance as we walk through there. Help us to be faithful day in and day out to pray. Father, help us, Lord, as you open up the doors of opportunity. Lord, you would give us the courage to walk through those doors and share what you would have us to share. Lord, to allow you to speak through us words that we've not even rehearsed. Father, the words that you've spoken through us, Lord, because you love them even more than we love them. In Jesus' name, amen. So, okay, it, it, our, our, our time is up. So, so um, thank you.
Thank you. Thanks, Eli, for singing, right? That was great, wasn't it? And yeah, you'll listen to him sing all the way home. Thank you for that. And, and, and I'm blessed. You know, I walked into my office. I have to share this with you because I love, I love you guys immensely. I walked in my office, and on top of my desk is a couple birthday gift bags. And as I was leaning over to grab my cup for the water, I, I happened to glance down. I haven't opened it yet. But there's a bag, at least one bag of Heath pieces in there, which means for my birthday, somebody's given me something that they want cookies back from. <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, let's go out and, and, and live for Jesus. <laughs>